Hi, welcome back. It's Tuesday, March 15th, and I am excited to be talking with Ian Cook of Vizier. Um, before I introduce Ian and get him to talk about Vizier's People Cloud, I just want to acknowledge again uh, what's happening in Ukraine, encourage everyone uh, to get involved and contribute in the way they see fit. Um, again, to emphasize, I used to live in Kiev, and it's something that's uh, personal to me. So I want to use this platform and take time each day to uh, invite you all, encourage you all to to get involved. So uh, with that, I want to bring on what is now, who now is my longtime friend and colleague, uh, Ian Cook. Ian, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, Al. I was a bit taken aback when you said March. It's like, oh, it's March already. Like the year is kind of moving forward at the pace. It is. It is. And one of the news of the year is your introduction of the People Cloud. So if you would just introduce yourself a little bit and you know, introduce the topic of the day. Yeah, for sure. So Ian Cook with Vizier, I've been with the business for nine years. The the simple story, I, I joined when we had 30 employees. We're, we're going to break the 500 barrier this year. We're passionate about using people data to inform you know, people in business strategy. Uh, I mean, we spent years working on all aspects of that from the data through the business decisions through to helping the consumers actually, you know, use the data to make decisions. I was few people analytics, not as the creation of the chart, but as creating a, a decision that really helps people thrive, which then helps the business thrive. So um, that's where that's, that's a bit about me and, and what we've been at, well, what I'm about. And you're uh, up in Vancouver, is that right? That is correct. Yeah, it's it officially titled Raincouver today because we are, I know, I think we're having, they, they coined this term atmospheric river, which just means ah. it rains like crazy. And um, and we're on our third one of the year. So, uh, yeah. Well, knowing, yeah, well, knowing you now, uh, I hope that represents snow in the mountains and hope you are able to get out, uh, you know, sometime soon. So it does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll go. Well, we're here to talk about the people cloud. So yeah. if you would, you know, what is it? Yeah, uh, we, as with many people, the kind of the, the, the pandemic period, there was an initial phase where Vizier, we just, we were cranking out content. We would usually take three months to do a release. We were doing them in six weeks. We were sort of helping our clients respond to the, the challenges. And then over the, the other phase, we, we kept going, but we started to, to recognize just how far our technology had come. Uh, we also recognized that there's, there's this enormous amount of other st stuff that's being called people on and, and one of our executives had a very uh for him it was shocking but it was probably you know acknowledgement of the phase we're at with this field where introducing himself as doing people analytics and he said oh right you do surveys and he's like no we don't do surveys so like all of these things kind of coalesced inside the business say like let's look at what we've actually built over time let's you know truly dig in and, and understand what our technology does fully end to end relative to you know the other elements out there the, the various different pieces of the practice like this thing is it's bigger and better and, and more differentiated than just this broad name of people analytics and so we wanted to get that into people's minds so that, that there is there is something way beyond the survey there's something way beyond the you know i made a chart that is a dashboard that is absolutely essential in driving your business forward like it, it's way again way beyond the production of a chart it's really into how do we get decisions made? How do we move things forward? Uh, making all of that stuff work. So that that led us to this solution of like, well, that's the people cloud. It is this combination of lots and lots of different pieces. 
And, and if, I mean, it might help, uh, Al, if we look at that first chart, uh, slide we have, it kind of, it shows that progression because the, the pe people cloud, it's like new name, but really it's about this progression, this evolution that we've been going through as a field, as people in the HR space who care about people, who care about business, and then want to do it the right way. Um, I mean, the, the first draft, many people will be familiar with, you have an HCM that organizes your data. It has operational reporting. I can tell you my headcount at the end of the month, uh, hoping that the data has been put right. What we've been in is this phase that's described as people analytics, whereas we take that information out and we work out how we got bias in our promotions. Are we uh, allocating merit increases on a fair basis across genders, across races, across performance criteria? We've been doing that for years, as you know. And then the, the next phase, which is this, uh, what we see, uh, and uh, our chief marketing officer has a great phase, like the future is here, it's just unevenly distributed. I'm sure somebody else famous said that somewhere, but who knows, you know, I've got to, we need to fact check that quote. So I'm going to allocate it to Jake right now, because I know no better. Um, and what we've seen people do is, is, is building this bigger story where they have the context of the business, they have the business data and the people data. And they're engaging not with HR, but beyond HR into the business unit leader, into the line leader to actually shape the performance of the business. Um, and so again, in order to really communicate what is possible, what is necessary and what is, you know, available to be done, we actually wanted to, to build this, um, build up the story. You know, let me, uh, pause you there because you all have had this narrative over the years where you're pushing not only for leaders to be enabled to make better decisions, but people managers and increasingly individuals themselves. So can you speak to that in relation to what you're offering with the people cloud? Oh, for sure. And, and let me, let me anchor this on a story to start with Al, and then we can kind of take it into that, that, you know, that localized decision-making, um, through the pandemic. We had a number of clients dealing with a great resignation. Uh, one of those clients is in a manufacturing situation, used Vizier to look through all of their resignation data, narrowed it down to a specific population of women on a specific shift. And, and this wasn't HR policy. This was business operations policy that's creating the dynamic where women are leaving work. So take the information to the business unit leader, explain that production will not cease, but production will fall off if we can't bring people back to work. Can we change the production policies? Like, absolutely. And so this is this, for us, this is that, the indication that we're in this. I mean, some people say, well, that's just good people, Alex. It, it, it is, but the key piece that takes it outside of though, it's just a survey. It's engaging in the business with a business problem uh, and using that to drive business strategy, using that to to engage business unit leaders in changing things. Um, so that's, that's kind of this example of what we're actually talking about. That's, that's beyond the general, oh, yeah, well, we'll ask a survey. People will tell us why they're leaving and, and somehow that will help us fix it. So, um, it's that kind of idea. Well, you, with that in mind, you're not only talking about HR or people data, you're talking about bringing together business data as well as external data. Can you speak to the data that's in the people cloud now? Yeah, for sure. So two, two key pieces, the one driven by clients and one driven by ourselves. Um, the first driven by clients was uh, loading in sales data uh, and loading it in at the person level. 
depending how much you understand about analytics, like the shape of the data you have is crucial. If you have big lumps of data, it's really hard to get insight. If you have itemized data, it's really easy to get insight. So we'll bring in sales by individual. If you have a sales process where revenue goes against an individual or against a team, we've been bringing that in and we've been actually lining that up against learning consumption. So one of the projects we did through the last 12 months was sales revenue over time, learning consumption over time. Did anybody learn anything that actually affected their ability to sell? Won't share the client, won't share the results, but let's just say it was very interesting uh, back for them. And then we actually use Vizier to run Vizier. So we have a large development team. They do story points. We have a certain volume each release. We have a certain volume we need to do. Um, we've actually been looking at story point burndown and then team formulation. So if we have a, an experienced, well-tenured senior dev with two other senior people, do they get story point volume done? Or if we have a senior with two juniors, do they get the story point volume done? If we have turnover in certain parts, we are, we are not immune to resignation. We wish we were, but nobody is. You know, if we have that turnover, what, what's the impact on the story point production? So we can mm -hmm. actually, we can gauge as a business, if we have resignations from certain different categories within our developer set, we know if instantly the effect that's going to have on uh, our burn down of story points. Wow. And so, and, and that's, that's how we're actually running our dev operation. So again, that's like, we're, we're sort of experimenting on ourselves. Um, and that's, that's where we sort of, we were looking at, at this work we were doing. We were looking at what clients were doing. We're kind of like, this is, this is the next level. So what do we call it? How do we get people engaged with it? How do we paint a picture for people of where we are and what is possible? And then we also done a ton of stuff to the platform, um, which, which I think is really material. The, the first we've just just released, and it is about this personalization angle, Al, where the first thing we've done is we've done distribution of data based on an event. So again, mm -hmm. if, we, if we go back into that head of development idea, if a key person leaves or if the risk of exit for their key people goes above a certain percentage, that triggers an email. That email goes to that particular line leader. That content of that email is shaped by the data. So there's a uh, Again, AI in the background, there's some statistical uh, modeling in the background that goes, you know, if it's going up, present this, if it's going down, present that. And so that whole ability to securely distribute, not just information, but the right information to the right person is, is a feature that's just uh, coming out now and in, inside the application. And that's, again, that's a whole nother level around, um, giving people information to make decisions on. Uh, it's, it's not, oh, well, we've got this common dashboard. Everybody can go here and find the information, make the interpretation they want. It's actually, we have this laser guided ability to deploy an answer to a specific individual, uh, where they want to get it. As you can see, there's a, we've got it all, we're starting to get it described. You know, often we innovate so fast. We are, our website takes a while <laughs> to catch up and that's, that's no knock on our marketing team. They work extremely hard. Well, it, it. So here, I just want to pause real quick because you're talking about taking formerly disparate data and aggregating it in a way that it is now uh, consumable. It's, uh, you know, for analytical purposes, as well as to be distributed to the proper uh, set of individuals throughout an organization. So that has long been kind of the standard. 
for people analytics. If you're going to do a research project, you got to bring the data together. If you're going to do it at scale, then you need some, for lack of a better term, BI solution. However, now you're bringing in benchmark data, you're bringing external you know, talent market data. So the contextualization of the insights that you're generating are uniquely valuable. Can you speak to that? Yeah. And, it, and it, it may make sense for me to pop over to our next slide, if I can get that part of control on my piece and, and, it, and then it just, it'll help, help the crew actually visualize it. Cause it's, I can see this stuff in my head. I, I sometimes feel like the, the, um, the people on, um, the matrix with all the bits and bytes, <laughs> like I've been living and working and breathing and, you know, business questions and data so long. It's a, it's probably a little bit strange, but, um, that. Those are the three components. You know, we we have the capacity. We have an event stream engine. We have, it has a data model at its heart, and it's an intact data model that has been built to work independent of the data that's that's ingested. Because we also have the whole data transformation. So, very simple story. People can load from Salesforce into our S3 bucket, or using a JDB C connector that will come to Vizier. They can push from Workday again through a connector that comes into a staging area where we process the data into an event stream. So that's business and people data getting into an analytic model in our world, all in elastic uh, capacity inside AWS. Cause so as you ramp up or ramp down, you don't get any fallover that sits on top of benchmarks and, and we, we haven't made, well, we made a fair amount of noise about it, but we spotted the great resignation. Back in February of 2021, we looked at the resignation rates that were coming out of our benchmarks and said, they look like they're on the way up. We would forecast that they're going to be higher in 2021 than they were in 2019. We made a public statement of that with a, a paper we released with MZ. Uh, we were correct. And that's that external benchmark data. That's what nobody else has. We, we sit on millions of employee records historically structured, so we can use that as as context to say what's good. If your resignation rate is going up, which everybody's is, if you're going up slower than the benchmark, that's a result. So we can actually get to true performance. Anything that you've built yourself, that you, you, you should know what, we know how hard it is to do that at scale. We've got 150 developers and a, you know, 100 people running our customer cyber service side. So we can cope, but like you wouldn't do that on your own. It's just, it's way too complicated. And then the last piece is that democratization, which is that not just I can paint the chart, but I can actually push the right answer to the right person in a timely manner, not a please come and read. Again, we, we've been working for a long time on this notion that analytics isn't, isn't a destination. Analytics is something that needs to be ubiquitous and, and consumed where it makes sense for somebody to make a decision. So, uh, you know, democratization is probably the right word, but too small a word. It's really about, um, injecting insight everywhere it's necessary. You know, with, with that as a staging, uh, why do you see organizations still trying to do this on their own and what's the risk? So, so I don't, I know why they, they try to do this on their own, uh, two primary reasons. It's always been done that way. So if, mm -hmm. if, if we, we're having some really fun conversations with it groups right now, like, um, where we will, you know, go all the way through the architecture, explain every phase, demonstrate from raw data ingestion to delivered metric. And they're like, nobody's done it that way. <laughs> you know, it, it is, 
it is eye-opening to them how we've actually solved the whole data management pipeline and the life cycle of, of you know, building and improving analytics. Because so often people have used the traditional tools because they needed control. They needed to tweak this thing in their data to make it show up on the chart this way. So the, the manual management component was um, really high. Again, the piece where we sort of feel like we're ready to do the people cloud, we've opened up our developer tooling. So things, the tooling, Vizier is so easy that somebody like me who's never written code can actually write metrics, can reshape and redesign a data model, and express mm. it, test it, and then publish it. We have lifecycle. So we've now opened up tooling to our clients. If people want to go and shape and reshape their own data model, they can do it literally in minutes inside the yeah. application. So, so all of those reasons have been why people went down the traditional routes. Like I just need control because I don't know what I'm going to be asked and I, I fear not having control. And it was the traditional way it was done. So if you went to IT, they said, oh no, we don't need more BI tools. We have lots already. <laughs> not understanding the differentiation that comes from this. What is, what is our people cloud, which is designed end to end from the business question first. Um, so that's you know, with that as a stage, you said something that was very poignant and that I've since remembered in that, you know, there's organizations who are buying core HR systems and they're buying survey vendors and they think for some reason that they don't need a specialized, you know, people analytics solution. You know, <laughs> can you elaborate on that? Or, you, know, what, you know, again, why are we stuck with thinking that, hey, we bought all these technologies that purport to do analytics, but it's really focusing on what true value is to your point from starting with the business question and enabling that data to be organized in a way where you can actually get to answers and ideas on how best to proceed. So again, what do you say to those folks? Uh, the brilliant question, Alan. You can tell I'm just trying to formulate the most tactful response I can. <laughs> uh, what we tend to say is that the, a, a transactional system does not hold and shape data in the way that you need to answer a business question. The business questions you have, the answer does not live in any single source system. It doesn't matter how good your HRIS is. doesn't matter how well the data curated in there is. It is designed as a read-write system to maintain a transactional record. That is something completely different than trying to detect change in job names or change in the you know, average promotion wait times over time. It, very simple story. One of our clients put in Vizier before they put in uh, their Workday instance. What they did discover was that they hadn't been recording promotion event dates and they identified that understanding promotion events was absolutely crucial. It wasn't on the project plan when they were implementing Workday. So they got it on the project plan, but the fact that they were processing data to answer the questions meant they understood the fields they needed, the pieces of data they needed and where and how that would be captured and shared so that they could then go and ask the question, you know, ask the question. So, you know, we've got about six or seven clients where the analytics first de-risked the HRS implementation. The reason why I think we're stalled is a lot of HRS implementations where the investment was based on, you know, this will help us with our uh, data. And it may well help you with the data, but data is not analytics. Like there's, there's data, which is the fuel, there's analytics, which is the extraction, preparation, 
you know, alignment and distribution. And that's a completely separate piece. They do not live in the same world. They do not require the same technology. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Spot on. Right. <laughs> and you, know, you, you and I have been in this space for a number of years and, you know, there's those who have actually wrestled with the data and understand its limitations and, and possibilities. And then there are those who are in many cases, uh, leaders, both within HR and out who haven't grown up, uh, in their careers with this level of experience and insight into the nature of people analytics, the, the work. And so what do you say to leaders who are just coming around to the fact that, hey, I've made these sometimes multi-million dollar investments in tools across the employee lifecycle, yet I still need something else. I can imagine there's a level of frustration from their perspective. They've been sold some things that maybe haven't delivered optimally. They probably have a consulting firm in there who's doing some work on a ad hoc or as need basis. And then you're talking about creating something at scale, that speed, that's sustainable. So it almost sounds like too good to be true. So we have this kind of gap that we are trying in our discipline to educate the buyer, educate the you know, user, the ultimate decision maker and the C-suite levels. What's your narrative to them in terms of the opportunity cost of not making an investment, not only in Vizier, but a, you know, solutions that effectively can do the same thing, albeit probably not to the level that you all deliver? Yeah, it's, it's been, there's, there's two pieces. One is, you know, don't trust me. Just look at the, look at the example clients that Vizier can put forward. Look, look at the organizations that are, you know, represented as having success factors and Vizier, having Workday and Vizier, having Greenhouse and Vizier. Like, you know, what, what are they seeing that you're not? That means that they're comfortable with that investment to the point where they've not just bought Vizier, but renewed Vizier. Like we have, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was at a call recently where like, it was eight clients. So they'd all been with us for seven years. So that's two renewal cycles. So we're doing something right. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, the first is, you know, we're not asking you to trust us. We're, we're asking you to listen, but verify based on what all these other organizations are doing. Cause, cause we're clearly onto something if we're helping some of the largest enterprises in the world solve a business problem. And, and the second is then to emphasize, um, you know, focus on the business issue. Because if you make it like money on tech, not money on tech, I, I always often find the conversation about tech really frustrating because it's not about the tech. It's about what are you doing for your business and what do you need to do for your business? And can you do it efficiently at scale in a way that makes a difference? If you can't, then that's the conversation that you need to get into. Uh, it's not, oh, we, we own it already or like, oh, but we spent all this money. We can't spend more. That, that seems to be holding back your business <laughs> for the sake of uh, you know, purely the financial view, which the, not, I'm saying, not saying the financial view is important, but there is, if you, if there's something you need to do for your business, be it, um, de-risking aspects of your organization based on understanding your diversity or your paid practices, keeping people in your business. And again, the, the, the money we're talking about for an investment in analytics relative to a, an HRS replacement is tiny. You know, it's like much, much, much smaller. And the return on it is so much more proven. It's the, the research is quite well in, like very few, um, HRS implementations actually pay back the, the, all the proposed savings are 
maybe there, maybe they're not the satisfaction. Maybe it's there, maybe it's not like half the time. It's not about the technology. It's about what you do with it. Whereas on the people on like side, you, you use it to retain two or three top performers. Typically you've paid for the technology. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, it's worth spending money when there's an ROI there. Any CFO would do that every day, either to de-risk another decision such as, you know, analytics first and then HRS or, uh, purely to take, again, people are feeling what happens when you haven't got management on your people risks yeah. right now. Um, and, and again, I'm on, I'm on calls where we have got both groups in the room where we have people who've got it under control and people who don't, and I can tell you who's sleeping at night. And he's not. Yeah, so. right. Well, you know, that's what it's about. I, I had a, a CEO say, Hey, I feel like I'm flying blind. I was like, well, that's your choice. You don't have to feel like that. You know, there are investments that you can make that are modest at the end of the day that you know, can provide you visibility where formerly you did not. So I like, yeah. I like the phrase all, cause one of the things we've seen a huge uptick in is talent acquisition. So we're, we're not just people, we're a whole kind of employee life cycle. So mm -hmm. we've got some really great insight. Again, it's that lots of organizations have been buying new pieces of process tech, hoping it will fix things. Others of our clients are actually applying the analytics tech to say, what, where do we need to fix things? And mm -hmm. I just I mean, very simply, that's just a, it's a smarter way to operate. Like, why that, am I buying anything when I don't know what's broken? You're right. And, and that can inform your next priority, your next purchase decision, or where to enhance and improve. I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Hey, I know we're starting to wrap here. And I also know when you talk about your clients who have been with you for a number of years, uh, they're going to be convening at Outsmart coming up. Do you want yeah. to share a little bit about what, what's going on there? Yep. So Outsmart Conference, it is the preeminent people analytics conference uh, globally it is uh, online may 4th to 5th there will be keynotes around you know how does analytics play in the new world of work there are practitioner sessions around what people have been building what people have been making how they've been scaling their functions uh, and, and a whole host of other stuff so at smart uh, google it or you know check the vizier channel for event details we would love to host you we'd love to help you Educate yourselves and, and grow your understanding of how to move the practice forward. It's usually a pretty great celebration of everything people analytics. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, honored to be involved. And yeah, we have it uh, on our website as well. So we'll, yeah, look forward to seeing you. It's May 4th and 5th, if I recall correctly. Is that May right? 4th and 5th. You are correct. Yes. Yeah. Both both of you and I probably need the calendar to make sure we got that right. <laughs> right. <but it> is. <laughs> right. Look, look over here. Well, hey, as we start to wrap up, um, you know, how can people learn more about you and the People Cloud? Yeah. So the, the Vizier website, we, we are in a space that we know is new. We are passionate about helping people understand how to navigate the space. So, uh, blog content guides, we run research reports on our own data set around all the employees. We, we recently published something indicating how Vizier's clients are closing the gender pay gap. I think, I think it's stalled for most of the world. Um, over the pandemic, uh, Vizier clients have made progress. We kind of got that in our data. So all of those kinds of assets are there. And then I am active on LinkedIn as the best place to follow me. Uh, you can follow me to find out uh, ideas, uh, thoughts that I share or engage in the Thursday debate where we, we look at a interesting topic around people, people management, people data, and, and engage in a educational debate to, to help grow each other, grow, grow practice and kind of build our, our capabilities going forward. Well, Ian, I have to say uh, yet again, uh, thank you for doing what you do and in the way that you do it. Uh, you know, there's this 
struggle uh, slash balance that we all have to uh, honor in doing our work. We're driving business value, but we're also honoring the employee experience and well-being and feelings of inclusion. And so yeah, I know you all as a organization and you individually have acknowledged, you know, that uh, duality and uh, that, in fact, integration. So, yeah, just keep doing your awesome work and uh, look forward to following and learning more. Thanks a lot for that, Al. Yeah, it's the, the integration is really important to me. I, I don't see it as a, a transaction. It is, you know, when we do the right things for people, people do the right things back. And that is how we, we create success for everyone. So happy to keep moving that forward and pleased to partner with you to do that. So thanks for the well, time. Well, thank you. And just final note, uh, before I forget, uh, Ian, uh, was recently a guest on uh, the People Data for Good podcast. So look for that episode to learn more about Ian and his uh, penchant for bike riding and skiing and uh, background from going back to Scotland and all those fun uh, stories that you told. So yeah, thank you for that. And uh, so we'll make, make sure we put those in the link as well. All right. That was great. All right, Ian. Well, you be well and look forward to seeing you uh, in early May for Outsmart. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, Al. All right. Take care. Thanks, Bye. -bye.